0: Say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. You need Hello everyone and welcome to a new direction. My name is Jay Izzo and we have got an outstanding, relevant, amazing, fantastic, incredible, mind-blowing. The show is going to be so good. It's Okay, first of all, we have Sharon Koifman. all right? You, you go, whoa, 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 Sharon Koifman? Really, yeah, no, no. So he wrote this book, Surviving Remote Work. Look, here's the deal. Since the pandem- pandemic started, I'm like, gonna get it out, I promise you the first time. <laughs> Since the pandemic started, let me tell you something. We are all in the same boat. We Most of us are working remotely. And then here's the thing, is we are learning as we work remotely That, you know, a lot of businesses are starting to realize, you know, I don't have to pay for all that overhead. Working remotely is actually a pretty darn good thing. I think we'll stay working remotely. I like it. But it doesn't come without some problems. Oh, how do you survive it? whether you're the employee or you're the business, because some of you, your managers or CEOs, you know what the truth of the matter is? This remote thing isn't for everybody, but yet you may be stuck in it, or you may be trying to go completely remote. How do you just survive it? How do you thrive it? Well, guess what? The author and expert is with us. His name is Sharon Kaufman, Coif- And I'm telling you, This book is outstanding. You're going to want to listen to every single word that he says because he's absolutely fantastic. But before we get to him, let's do what we do every week. And you know what that is, folks? I walk you through the four areas of your life. We talk about training here, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And what we do is we rate ourselves on a scale of 1 to ten. One being that my training in this area is not great. Matter of fact, it's awful. 10 being my training is outstanding. Here's the, here's the thing I want us to get across, though, before I get into each one of those pieces. You know, the truth of the matter is it's about training, okay? And, you know, some weeks your training is going to be great, some weeks it's not. So, you know, the fact of the matter is, it's it's just not every week is going to be perfect. And we have to give ourselves a little grace and a little mercy, and we have to be able to, you know, say, hey, you know what, it wasn't great, but you know what, we get back up and we go, we go at it again. The point being is this. When it comes to your training in the four areas of your life, all right, we don't, when things go bad, when, when you're under pressure, when you're under fire, when you know, you're tired and you're exhausted, we never rise to the occasion. We always fall back to the level of our training. That's what every one of the Special Operations Forces guys have said, right? which is why it's important to continue training and do the best you can. So you know, this isn't about being perfect. It's about improving yourself every week in these four areas, right? So the first area, the physical area, scale one to 10, one miserable, 10 outstanding. How's your training physically? What I mean is, how's your exercise regimen? By the way, Sharon is going to talk about how the importance of exercise in remote work, right? He's going to talk about that. You know, and it's also eating right. It's also getting enough sleep. Sharon could tell you about getting enough sleep because he had a, a procrastination problem, for a long time. And sleep was one of his, one of the issues that he was having was that he wasn't getting enough sleep because he was always tired, right? And then finally, you're drinking enough water because hydration is so important. So if you could rank yourself on that scale of one to 10, you know, what would you give yourself in terms of your training? All right, that's your first number. Second number is your mental training, right? This is you being an active participant and growing in your knowledge, an understanding of whether that be your life or your career or your business, right? Professionally or personally. How are you being an active participant? I'm not talking about just sitting in front of a TV and just letting things come at you. I'm talking about like picking up a book. Oh, here's a good one. Picking up a book and then, you know, why not read it and see if you can improve who you are, what you're doing and, 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 and improve your knowledge, your understanding, your wisdom, right? That's being an active participant. So on a scale of one to to 10, how would you say that you're doing in terms of your training mentally? Okay, good. Got two numbers. Third number is emotional, right? And the emotional is really kind of easy. I, I make it real simple. I break it down to this type of training. First of all, in a pandemic, we're all under emotional stress. So every day is a training day, all right? So let's be honest with you. Controlling your emotions is the first part of your emotional training, so that when you feel like you're under stress, under pressure, how well you are able to control your emotions? I think, uh, I know, for instance, that Sharon talks about, don't be a captain rage, right? That's that's not controlling your emotions, right? You don't want to be a captain rage. You don't want to be a jerk, right? You don't want to be a poop, right? Controlling your emotions, but there's another piece to that. And that is how well are you able to tap into the emotions of other people? How well are you able to understand their emotions? Can you relate to them? So, if you were to evaluate yourself on those two areas emotionally, how would you say your training's going? Right? There's your third number. And then finally, the fourth area, the spiritual area. You know what? There's a lot of people out there who say, I'm not spiritual. We're all spiritual. We're all spiritual beings. The fact of the matter is, you have faith in something, you believe. That something exists um, or doesn't exist for those people who want to believe, whether you believe in God or whatever you believe. You believe in something. Even to not believe in something is believing in something. It's still faith. To not believe in God is faith that God doesn't exist, and to have faith in God believes that God does exist. Either way, you have faith, whether you want to agree with it or not, and the truth is is that, you know what, if you have plans for the future, you believe that those plans are going to happen, even though you don't know if they're going to happen or not. That's still faith. We all have a spiritual part of us. Not only do we have a spiritual part of us, it is that spiritual part of us that can give us a sense of peace, a sense of centeredness, a sense of understanding. And whatever that is for you, how's that working? Are you getting out of it what you thought you'd get out of it? Do you have that sense of peace in the midst of chaos? Do you have that sense of joy, I didn't say happiness, sense of joy in the midst of chaotic times? See, that's what a good spiritual life does. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rank yourself spiritually? And then, and and so you've got four numbers, right? Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Like It's like the legs of the chair. The legs of the chair are uneven, it's bad on your posture, <laughs> and we don't do very well. If the legs of your chair are too low, you can't sit at the normal table and eat, which means that we can't get the nutrition that we want. And speaking of somebody who's healthy in all four areas of his life, he's outstanding. His name is Sharon Quaifman. He is obsessed about remote management. He was born in Israel, has moved to Montreal. He lives there now with his lovely wife and two daughters. From there, over the past 20 years, he's built and run three fully remote companies. That's why he's an expert. Sharon grew up in an entrepreneurial family and was heavily inspired by his father, Sharon, who ran a boutique uh, engineering firm. It was his father who first introduced Sharon to the idea of working remotely. He would um, design industrial machines on his computer and outsource the building to a machine shop that put together all the components. Thanks to that influence, Sharon has built businesses from his own computer for the past 20 years. He started back in the era of the dot-com crash, where he ran a web hosting provider with an office in India. Like many entrepreneurs, he's taken uh, one idea, combined it with other ideas, and then uh, and he used that growing technical expert, expertise in India with a much lower cost of living and hired several expert developers for the cost of a single Western worker. But the reality uh, was that uh, it made much less sense than the math the fact that he had the people, but they lacked the team spirit and the culture, um, that, was, that was what he was interested in. And so once he sold that first company, he realized that he would uh, do whatever it took uh, that would benefit from his managing his own employees remotely so that he would uh, need them to feel the same tight-knit bond that people working in the same office had. And so uh, Sharon studied and researched, did his, uh, <laughs> his own work to figure out how to make a remote business a team. And now, today, he runs Distant Job, a unique recruitment agency geared specifically for finding full-time remote employees who work from all over the world. He's been working tirelessly to promote remote work. The key difference in his approach is that he wants to show how remote work benefits business. He's going to do that today. Everyone talks about the benefits of the individual, less stress, less commute, better work life. Uh, We've heard it all, but Sharon's argument is that remote work also benefits companies and their bottom line. And he believes that companies who adopt remote work can be leaner, less expensive, more environmental-friendly, and have access to better and productive people. He loves listening to soul music, and and legend has it that he can be seen in the wild playing a piano. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, and welcome to a new direction, Sharon Koifman. Welcome, Sharon.
1: Hi, Jay. Oh, my God. That... You, you were just so exciting from the beginning to listen to you. It was very hard for me to be silent. I know you're supposed to be silent in the beginning. And I was like, I was trying to, do I give him a high five now or something? This is exciting. You, you have pumped me up so much. I'm already, I, I didn't even say anything. And, and, I, and I'm ready for a nice chit chat.
0: Well, I, you know what? I'm looking forward to it too, Sharon, because I do love <laughs> your book. I, I really do love your book. And I I thought it was so it's so relevant and so timely right now to talk about remote work because uh you know as you talk about in the book and as we all know the pandemic is here with us and and part of the pandemic issue is that we've we've had to create um more remote work and so um that's changed our lives a lot and it looks like it's going to be a change that's not going to last for a while but as i said in the intro a lot of companies are going to Um, are are going to remote work as part of their future. And I thought what you did right away in the introduction was absolutely brilliant. (laughs) And because you come right out of the blocks and you say, here's how an average workday is spent. I'm just going to read these because I just thought it was great. (laughs) Reading news websites, right, which most people do, takes an hour and five minutes. Checking social media, 44 minutes a day on the average. Discussing personal matters with coworkers. 40 minutes a day on the average. Searching for a new job, 26 minutes a day on the average. Making calls to partners or friends, 18 minutes on the average per day. Making beverages, 17 minutes per day. Texting or instant messaging, 14 minutes a day. Eating snacks, 8 minutes a day. Making food, 7 minutes. And then you come back and say, the actual productive work that the average employee does per day is 2 hours and 53 minutes.
1: That's it. This is the average average work and... And if you actually add this up, the only thing I didn't add in that in that little schedule is the fact that you take about an hour lunch and another about 15 minutes, um, <laughs> almost recess, like in high school for a snack and everything. And that, if you do the math, ends up being two hours and 53 minutes on average. And it really is. And it's scary.
0: It it's really is scary because... The fact that we, you know, because, you know, everybody goes, oh, you got to put in eight hours or 12 hours or, you know, whatever it is. Truth is, you're only, put, you're only really productive two hours and 53 minutes of the day. And, and, and you know, I have to think, you know, this is part of the problem for many people who, you know, are kind of skeptical about remote work is that, okay, well, if this is two hours and 53 minutes of the day in the office. Well, it's got to be far less if remote, but that's not necessarily true.
1: Well, t- to be fair, the 253 minutes is for an average worker. The, you can beat the system in an office environment, also. But the first key component to that is eliminating distraction. Mm-hmm. And uh, the distraction is a major part. I mean, just thinking about the the, the your body that nudges you to to talk about the, the the movie last night or anybody who's talking in the next cubicle. That re- that's what reduces you. To a distraction but because it takes it takes 23 minutes to actually come back to focus right yeah and 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 so the the great thing about a remote is that you can actually eliminate a lot of those distractions immediately
0: well okay i didn't want to go to distraction right away but you know what Let's okay. let's go there no 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 let's go there because you you, you yeah. went there because i think what people don't understand and you make this point in the book is that oftentimes CEOs will say, oh, you know, I've got this open door policy, right? And you make this point of saying that sometimes people can be too available because it creates a distraction. I know that my wife owns owns her own company and she used to have somebody who would be in her office with her and she would say like, I can't, I just don't feel productive, right? But it's because every time we talk to somebody, it doesn't, it could even be a business thing that that distraction you know takes you know 23 to 25 minutes to get through so that you can get back to work right
1: yeah that's it i mean the the, the key component again i i really do believe that in office work can be successful i'm not dismissing it completely mm-hmm. i think that you have an advantage when you work remotely and you you have less people less people like you you said barge into your office uh, it's it's a lot harder. <laughs> right. you, you need to hit to somebody on Slack. On Slack, you can actually say, I'm away or whichever chat or conversation tool that you have. You need a certain amount of time during the day that is undistracted. If you notice, there's a lot of people that love to work early in the morning mm. or there's a, a lot of people that love to work just when the office shuts down and suddenly it's quiet. And, and I'm I was, that, I was actually the person I'd like to work after office hours and I didn't realize why. But I, I understand, now that I have the science, I understand that it is because that was quiet time. Mm. There was no people, there was no distraction and I got some really good work done. And for all the people who love the morning stuff, this is the reason. Mm. The reason is not because you, it's not true. There's a certain level of energy in the morning, which is also beneficial, but it's also because you get quiet time, which mm. is why you get so much more done in the morning, early in the morning. Yeah,
0: I, I, I think it's so easy to get distracted regardless if you're in an office or you're not, I, and I think you're probably right. I think, you know, my, you know, in fact, my wife, I'm thinking about this now, my wife would come home because she's got an office that we have for her here at the house and she would come home because there was less distraction than mm-hmm. it was just being in her office where she was, you know, being barbarded with questions or asked a number of questions. She could actually control that from the house. Her biggest distraction is me bothering her, you know, <laughs> right? And so
1: I am my wife's biggest distraction, <laughs> you know. Those, uh, it's like, baby, where's my pants? You know the, 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 that. By the way, that is incredibly distracting. I after after. Being busy studying and learning this subject, I no longer do that when I know my wife right. is working. I try to sneak in and look for the jeans at least for five minutes before <laughs> I go <bug her. laughs> you,
0: you, you know, I, I do have to admit, I have to admit when I read just how long it takes us to get past distraction, it really has made me more conscious to go, you know, when she's here and she's working, I mm-hmm. really, I really do need to leave her alone. <laughs>
1: I, I, it it made it's 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 huge. That's that more important than the two hours and fifty three minutes because I no longer in that in that category. I really right. believe that I beat the system, right but the the twenty three minutes is a problem because I'm an incredibly distracting person, right, right. i i am I'm loud. I am. I always want to hear my team's opinions. I always want. I'm always on everybody's case in a happy, jolly way. But still, I'm always checking. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? How's everything? And recently, I learned that this is incredibly damaging for the business. Right. And I find, at least in a remote world, at least people are more conscious and they avoid distractions a lot more.
0: You know, one of the things you talk about. Uh, right up front in this first first chapter is you talk about you know there are some fundamental things that we need to think about if we want to make a shift to remote culture. And the very first thing you come out is that words matter. And I I, th- I think about this in two senses. I know that you you talk about it in terms of you know the the terminology that we use, but it's also the way we communicate remotely. That's really fundamentally important, isn't it?
1: Look, I th- at the end of the day. If you want to work with a freelancer, it's it's up to you. I it is my personal opinion. I don't have as much science on that, but I don't like to work with people who are not fully invested and fully integrated in my company. And and in order to in order to make a person that works on the other side not feel like a non-committal, like a contractor, like a consultant, like a freelancer, is Using the appropriate language is communicating with this person all the time, is making sure that you're not getting to that out of sight, out of mind attitude. It it means that you're sitting there and talking to them just like you would talk to them in the office. And it's a lot harder. This is one of the bigger challenges because in the office, you go to the washroom and say, oh, George is here. How's it going, George? <laughs> how, how are things? And here, there is no water cooler or going to the washroom you have to remember hey george typing it how's it going Mm -hmm. are you still alive are you still doing well and i find that that many new remote managers and many new bosses that been introduced to remote starting they completely forget about checking on people i i say take it to the next level the, uh, you got to be more intimate. You got to be more social with your remote people. You got to take it even farther. But I, I see that people just completely forget about their employees mm. because they are out of sight, mm. and you can't just jump on it. And that's that is one of the biggest challenges that you have with remote. So it is about the communication, and not just about understanding how to be effective with each other. It's just even the simple communication is simple as. Hey, Jordan, are you you alive? (laughs) (laughs) People people forget about other people almost until they need something from them.
0: His name is Sharon Koifman. The book is entitled Surviving Remote Work. You're listening to him here. On a new direction. Hey folks, I have two great sponsors, right? Epic Physical Therapy. They've been with us for such a long time. I can't, it's hard to even call them new because they've been with us for I don't, I don't, over, I don't know over how many, how long it's been. But anyway, listen. When you're trying to recover from an injury or surgery, or maybe you're suffering everyday aches and pains, maybe you're having difficulty performing activities of daily living, uh, maybe. You're a professional athlete. Yeah, I said professional athlete because a lot of professional athletes go to Epic. You know, or maybe you're, you know, a younger athlete, you know, that's just trying to improve. Look, it doesn't matter. (laughs) When it comes to Epic Physical Therapy, they will provide you with a customized treatment plan tailored to your individual needs. With their experience at rehabbing young athletes to elite professionals, they do understand the need to treat the entire body as a functional whole, not just your symptoms or your injury. So when you're ready for your Epic Relief, your Epic Recovery and your Epic Results don't look any further. Go to EpicPT.com. That's EpicPT, PT.com And Linda Kraft and Team Realtors, I'm going to tell you something. They are worldwide. How is that possible when they're in the Research Triangle Park? Well, it's really pretty simple. They they literally have made relationships with the best real estate experts all over the world. So they can help people all over the world. Meaning that if you're looking to sell your home or buy a next home, anywhere in the world, if you start with Linda Craft, she will find the absolute best expert in your area because she's unaffiliated with any company. She's made her relationships because it's privately, locally owned. She's made her relationships one at a time, which is the way she's always done her business. It is a relationship business. She understood that in 1985 and 30 plus years later, she still understands that the relationship is the number one way to be successful. So when you're ready to sell your home or buy your home, regardless of where you live, start with Linda Craft and team. It's really easy. Just go to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com and we're back here on a new direction with Sharon Koifman and his book Surviving Remote Work we're we're just digging into it and uh we're talking about communication you know one of the things you talk about in communication in terms of remote work is you talk about that it's really really important to have a good camera and good sound and that's part of communication and you also say something here i want to i want to quote you here because you say Seeing someone's face and hand motions has a very important psychological effect. It allows, you to connect, yeah, right? it allows you to connect better with people. You get to see lots of nonverbal communication that lets you evaluate people's effort and motivation and mental health.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How did I do there? <laughs> you,
1: you, you did great. It, <laughs> it, it takes it, 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 lots of hand motion. I like that. It, it floats. It, it, you know, it, 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 you can take it farther. Right. The idea at the end of the day is that you want to experience as much as possible the virtual experience, mm. to to have the virtual experience as similar as possible to the physical experience. We don't have yet the technology for that. I'm looking forward to the holograms and looking forward mm. to the virtual reality. But you need to get as close as possible because this is this is are the challenge with the remote. The challenge is in the remote that. You lose that little intimate. Having having a beer on Zoom, it's no nowhere close than right. to have a beer with a physical person right. and hang out and everything. But you want to get. A, I still have beers with all my team, and I still hang out, and we do the best that we can. So the least that you can do is implement simple, affordable technology that will bring you closer. Right. It is it is also exhausting to look at somebody. On Zoom forever because your eyes and your uh, uh, your eyes and your mind has been built for the physical world. Right. And when when and Zoom doesn't know that they still did not create technology that perfectly adjusts that your your eyes can adjust the light according to the physical person that the sound can be. It's never the same. So the right. best thing that you can do is invest. And technologies to bring that experience to be as similar as possible to the physical world so investing in a proper headset no not not just a musical um audiophile headset which is nice to hear somebody right. well but a real communication headset so i wear the Jabra Evolve 75 there is uh, the platronics make the focus ue not the bose not the, the not the sony's not the beats those are not a fit you right. want good headset, right? You got to make sure that your room is pretty well lit. I, I hope mine, I'm not doing such, yeah. I could do better, right? But your room is well lit, so you don't, that little, little effect that of light that you cannot absorb in real life, right. you reduce it as much as possible. I call this the watching McCullough effect. I call it jo- jokingly, but it, it is those little irritants that come with the, with the remote experience that you want to do the best that you can to eliminate. One of the most annoying thing is the latency. And and there's no perfect solution for latency, but you can get closer. If both if if both parties invest in really high quality internet and they get some really high quality routers all are not big investments. A mesh network, a proper network, network costs anywhere from 200 to 400 dollars. Maybe if you go fancy, 600. The the a proper internet connection costs anywhere from 50 to 100 dollars a month. Those things will prevent latency and it will prevent your joke to sound really, really bad five seconds later when you hoped you'd deliver it on time. You, I mean, I mean that experience of like, I was like, why did the chicken cross the road? Because it was a chicken. And everybody's serious. And everybody's serious. And they're, ah! 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 Five seconds later, miserable. Right? Not a good feeling.
0: Right. You, you, you know, this is so true that <laughs> that the whatchamacallit effect, and I love the fact that you brought this up, because there we can't put our finger on it. Oftentimes we'll be you know, in or, you know, you'll be in a a remote conversation with somebody and you you go, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't, it doesn't seem right. A lot of times it's the sound. People do not Mm -hmm. understand that the quality of sound is so critically important, you know, to what we do. Sometimes it, it, you know, like you said, it's the video, you know, how, how bright do you look? You know, I mean, you know, I've got my studio here and of course I've got lights all over me and, I have a professional microphone and and I have, you know, these professional, you know, in the ear <laughs> headsets that are built for the studio. You know, you know, by the way, they weren't they weren't terribly expensive. I'm just going to let you know that they're not terribly expensive. But you could go this route. I mean, without spending a lot of money, but you but like you talk about there are professional headsets built for this thing. But the uh, but the other thing, and I just heard my wife go through this this morning as she was talking to one of her vendors and that was this idea of latency where you say something hmm. and there's this long delay and it does get so irritating
1: it, that... it, it is it is horrible and I, I can't avoid it because i have an international <coughs> company all, sure. all over the world and sometimes there's a limit to the li- first of all sometimes internet actually takes few seconds to to travel Right. (laughs) Right. You know, there's nothing that I can do, but my employees in Argentina, they do take a little bit longer than 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 two, three seconds. But those two, three seconds are so annoying. Right. Right. And so difficult. And my entire philosophy is let's like let's make the client feel and the candidate feel like we're right beside them. And it's not perfect. Right. But, and it will get perfect. They give it another few generations. 5G is not good enough, but it will get in whatever 6G after that will come out, will make our internet much more latency
0: stable. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more. I want to go to number the second thing that you talk about that I found really, really critical that is fundamentally important to being successful in remote work, and that is creating trust in the remote work world. I think this one is really critical because when I was teaching leadership classes uh, at a college, university, one of the things that we talked about was in remote work, how difficult it is to build trust among their members uh, when it comes to remote. Matter of fact, even if you were in in a company and now you are remote in a pandemic, the fact of the matter is, trust is actually starts to erode a little bit. Talk about trust, and you know, you know, why? First of all, why is it so important? How do we develop it?
1: So, uh, first of all, first of all, you you hit the point that, and this is not advice necessarily needed for remote. My philosophy is always, great managers will be great remote managers, hmm. but as usual, you can get away with a lot less. When you when you work with with uh, when you work with remote employees, trust, at least in my book is and not just in my written book in my book of philosophies, is my raison d'etre. It is my it is my mission with my employees and it is probably one of my biggest strengths where it comes to I I surprisingly less and less know what's going on mm. <laughs> day to day with all my employees. I'm being a little bit honest about this because my management team are just amazing. Mm. They, I'm so fortunate to have the management team. And that came with uh, with years of trust building to a level that today is that they take their own initiative. I, I mean, literally my director of marketing said, I would like to start uh, full media outlet for remote management and my and my 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 uh, vp said i would like to build this product that would be amazing and as an extra asset and i'm like aha uh, okay yes i mean this this is better this is better stuff that i could come up
0: with
1: <laughs> and, and and so it, we we're coming to a level that my management team is becoming so reliable that I that my job is just to be you know the plumber you know you, you go you check is everything okay let me fix anybody who needs some help or you know the therapist or things just to make sure that people are in good mental health and that that's where I'm, I'm segueing to how do you build the trust because the trust comes first of all from consistency I, I might be stating the obvious for some people but but it works. Yeah. If you have a message, if you have a philosophy, if you have a way of doing things, you need to make sure that you keep on going this direction and you make sure that your management have the same philosophy. If you if you want to manage your team through fear, I don't suggest it, but be consistent so you better be you better be an intimidated boss all the time. Don't don't have a multiple personality disorder when you're the boss. <laughs> okay. Right.
0: Okay, hold that here. That <laughs> that that brings us to the you know what? Do, stop being a butthead. That's the word we're gonna use, right? Stop being, I I like poo-poo head. I, I have poo-poo, two poo-poo, I
1: poo-poo, and a four-year-old. Poo-poo
0: That's poo-poo, a... yeah, poo-poo head. Stop being a poo-poo head. <laughs> we okay, you you quote this study according to the British uh, I think it was a British study, it was a UK study that was studying managers that said that if you behave like a jerk to your employees, um, your employees are 73% significantly more stressed and 44% expect to be the next victim of your um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. ness. There's also a piece of research, and you point this out, there's also a piece of research in the UK showing that 25% of the people who are bullied in the office environment, and let's, let's, let's correct something. When bosses get on top of people, People can feel extraordinary ability, especially if it happens over and over again. 20 pe- 20% of the people who witnessed the bullying, right, leave the company. Combine these numbers with the consideration that 50% of workers in the UK have experienced bullying means that about 97 people leave an office of 1,000. That equates – listen to what you said here. This equates to nearly $2 million in replacement costs.
1: Yes. Yes. And I quote it all from the book. Right. Um, Poop uh, as we were rated G. uh, Poop at a working environment. Yes. So I quoted from a book. I I will not take credits for it, but I thought those were the most important statistics and quotes that came from that book. And and it is and it is very very, uh, it it is very very important. Look, if you want to be an evil boss, you better be Steve Jobs. You better be Steve. And, And 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 you will work harder. Right, you you better be Steve Jobs. You better be that boss that work 14 hours a day. Right, because being an evil, a lot of people made a lot of money being not nice bosses. Right, but gonna work harder. Right, you better be brilliant because if people catch you at a weakness, you are in trouble. Right, this right. is a very tough living. For a boss, yeah. if you're a nice boss, you have a, you have a much easier time and a lot more productive people. Yeah, and you, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room.
0: No, and you. Talk, and the big takeaway from this piece was that, you know, when you're a jerk or a poo-poo head, you know, <laughs> you cause more stress, you cause more burnout, you lower retention, and it ends up costing your company a lot of money. And your final phrase on that is, don't be a jerk. You know, I mean that's that's really
1: don't be don't be a jerk. Yeah, that's right. the deal. There is no benefit to it. The problem is that a lot of brilliant business people are are crazy. Right. <laughs> right. They don't know how to manage both their emotions and and their brilliance. But yeah. if you do manage manage to manage it, your life as a boss will be way much easier. So They don't need the complication.
0: Right. So this leads us then to a relative piece is dealing with constructive conflict. Because so often, um, I think a lot of owners, CEOs of businesses, and, and especially I think it's difficult in remote work, but dealing with conflict is an important part of dealing with remote work, isn't it? So how do we handle... How do we handle conflict? When should we handle conflict? And you know what is the appropriate way to deal with conflict?
1: So, um, look uh, in in my company, if you can't handle conflict, or you're not getting promoted, or you're you're not, uh, uh, or you're out of here, right? Mm. You, you really need. We get into very intense, very passionate, and more and more. I find myself. I find that the more trust that I build, and it it's all about building the trust the more uh, my employees are in my face. And, and it is, and, and but they're always shocked. Like but sometimes we get into some pretty bad arguments and they're always shocked that I come back after the next day and say, thank you. Mm. Thank you for so much for caring. This mm. this level of consistency that I provide people because I even, we have an appreciation channel and I post it publicly. this guy fought with me. He's so passionate. <laughs> I love him. Right? right. I love him. And, and these people respond, Oh my God, I can't believe we live it. We're in a company where, where people actually can say what they want. And, and, but you have to accept that I'm creating an environment of passion and we're going to fight mm. and, and we're going to, we're going to fight in a constructive way. You're not allowed to get personal. You're not allowed to start swearing at each other. You fight, you fight because we're, you're passionate and, I I think my biggest success, man, my biggest legacy and distant job is I think that I created a pretty innovative company. I think that I did some good management. But my biggest legacy for now, as far as I see, is that I created passionate people that can tell me to bleep off. Mm. And and it is so powerful because I come out of those meetings and say, okay, okay, mm. you're right. I'll go. Go do do it, mm. <laughs> you know. Make us more successful, and they and and everybody loves it. This is, but this comes with consistency. This comes with functioning by example because they see how my management. I never put down my management in front of his team, but my management puts me down, mm. right? It defends his people in front. It's like Sharon, you're wrong. You should have not said it to to Bob. And I, mm. like, oh, sorry, Bob. And, mm. and Bob sees this and it's like. Boss just apologized to me and just got pooped from his uh, from his mm. VP. Uh, how, how did this happen? Leading leading by example that way, and it comes genuine. But I sometimes need to hold back. It's a lot mm. of ego management, huge amount of ego management. And I'm a man with a huge ego, right? But you gotta manage it. You gotta yeah. hold it back. You gotta be consistent because it's so powerful. My team, I think, at least they liked it to me in front of my face, really love, they really love working for a distant job and they really seem to appreciate that I. there's no consequences for making mistakes and giving their opinion and doing all bunch of things that might seem unreasonable, but I want them to do because I want them to take the risk. So this is a huge part of my management style, the so- biggest.
0: So so when should we address the conflict? I mean, because you talk about this in the book, too, is that, you know, you kind of have to keep your eyes open and you got to be, and when I say your eyes, I'm not just talking about just with your visual eyes, but you got to keep your ears open and watch behaviors. So, you know, how do we kind of tune in to when we start to see conflict starting to happen? Is there some tips that you can give, um, you know, management and, and folks to help deal with the conflict? And, you know... When that happens, you know, constructively, if we do it constructively, what are the goals uh, when it comes to conflict?
1: So a, a lot of so first of all, you when there's a constructive conflict, you gotta you gotta pay attention to the decibel level. Mm. Eventually, the, eventually you see that somebody is just going too far. You gotta pay attention to the personal, but a lot of it is after the argument. A lot of it is after the discussion. Especially in the remote world, again, I say it's also in the physical world, but the remote world even more important. You gotta get intimate with your employees. You mm-hmm. gotta become friends with them. It's it's unavoidable. When you become intimate, I always ask myself, how did I get so friendly with my employees? They're some of my closest friends now, and I, like I realized because I put effort in being intimate, and like an arranged marriage, eventually you fall in love with people because you actually care about them, mm-hmm. right? So, but. You get personal, you have a discussion, you become friends, and you, if you talk to somebody on a social level, at, not on a business level, on an intimate social level, within days, within a week, you get to see when something is wrong. You get to see they get burned out. You get to see they're pissed off in another person. I, Because I hang out, legitimately hang out, and have social conversation with my employees, I know immediately who they're pissed off at or who annoyed them that day because I'm their buddy. Right. Right. We're we're talking and I tell them, this guy pissed me off. This guy pissed me off. You know, this construction conflict, I'm trying to hold in control, but this guy drove me crazy. Sometimes I tell them that after, right? Right. Right. So intimate love, if you use a little bit of intuition and lots of nice conversations, you will get to know when your people do not feel well.
0: His name is Sharon Coifman. The book is entitled Surviving Remote Work. You're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, let me talk to you again about Epic Physical Therapy. Man, I love them. I go there, been going there for years. Look, Epic Physical Therapy Facility offers the most advanced top of the line equipment including things like the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill, the Norma Tech compression sleeves, the Game Ready, which is compression and ice water all in one. Oh, I love it. That's just to name a few. And look, they're trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting-edge treatments available, including blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, cupping, which, by the way, you've seen, you know where they got these circles on their back or their, you know, thigh or wherever where they manipulate the muscle through the skin. It's with a with a suction cup. It's really cool. Look, here's the deal. <laughs> They're awesome. And when you're ready for your epic relief, epic recovery, epic results, don't look any further. Just look at Epic Physical Therapy. Just go to epicpt.com. That's e-p-i-c-p-t.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors. No matter where you're at in the world, listen, they're going to help you, right? From day one, 1985, Linda's first customer, they still come to see her. It's 30 years later, 30 plus years later, they still come to see her. She understood the power of relationship. She still does. She understands, her team understands how important the relationship is, not just during the sales process, but after the sales process, right? Understanding that, you know what, creating those relationships, just like Sharon was talking about Creating those relationships intimately creates a much bigger bond that goes way beyond the real estate, that goes way beyond the selling and the buying. Those relationships last a lifetime. Because isn't that what how isn't what real estate really is about? Isn't that what your house is really about? It's about the relationships and all the memories that you have in them. Linda understands that, and so does her team. So you know what? When you're ready to buy or sell your home, start with Linda Craft and Team Realtors. It's real easy. Just go to lindacraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot And we're back here on A New Direction with Sharon Quaefman and his book, Surviving Remote Work. Um, and we're having a really, really... I'm, I'm having a great time. You having a good time, Sharon?
1: I am having a blast. I really am. <laughs> get, <laughs> Should I've, I start dancing to, to to show the the blast? You, but you know, <laughs> it's a radio, so nobody sees my moves, so it's it's it's, it's pointless. <laughs> it, it, it,
0: it's, it's okay. I have a face for radio. I get it. So it's 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 all great. So let's talk about the home life in remote work because you know the employee works from home. There can be distractions at home too. How do we how do you help the employee eliminate some of the home distractions? What do you recommend that they do in terms of, you know, if you're going to be a remote employee, what can they do to improve what they're doing?
1: So we I think that we already kind of came off the the situation of kids running into the office where <laughs> originally in the covid literally every radio interview and everything that they my, my kids came in and my my daughter is so cute they started interviewing my daughter but now at least for me they were going to daycare so it's not a situation but but the number one rule of any kind of distractions if you're addicted to your fridge or your your or you have kids or you have that are distracting or there's anything at home that is distracting to you, try to focus on as big of chunk of work that you can accomplish in one shot. Mm. And, you know, if you come to this work, kind of eliminating all the distractions out there, the social media, even the emails, don't respond to emails, plan the job the day before. What is it that you really need to accomplish? Mm. And start with that as the first task. You will get rid of more work than an entire day in the office. Mm. So if you have four hours just walking, plan it before. Right. Plan it the night before, plan it at the end of the day, plan it while you're without distraction. If you're with the kids, it's like, while you're playing with the kids, it's good. Okay, when I have my free time, I need – when I have my work time, I need to do this and go in it running mm-hmm. and and make sure you negotiate with your wife, you negotiate with your parents, you negotiate with the kids, you negotiate with whatever. As much big chunk as you can. You can get four hours, get four hours. Walk in there. And do that job. Do not respond to emails. No social media. Put ad blockers if you have to. Right. Put um, any technology that eliminates you from accomplishing that project. Once you're in that momentum, you can get that entire four hours in full productivity mode. You will be so happy with yourself. You are not going to feel guilty about not about not about going back to hang out with your kids or whatever else is distracting in your life.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you pointed out that. You know, and, you know, when I, when I, we both, you know, I've I've written four books and you've written a couple books and, you know, I can't speak for you, but, you know, sometimes just having a solid hour of work is far more productive than being, you know, (laughs) distracted throughout the course of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, just Mm -hmm. the chunks, right? Just having those chunks can be, you know, so maybe what you, you know, for me, sometimes it's, you know, I got an hour block here. That's just going to be, you know, nothing's going to get in my way. I'm not going to, like you said, I'm not going to check social media. I'm not going to check email. This is my hour. And then maybe I'm going to have an hour that I know is going to be solid because there's going to be meetings, which you and I both know can be terribly distracting. And, but I've got another hour, maybe hour and a half that I can work. Those chunks are so valuable.
1: Yes. And the the bigger you can get them, the better it is. It doesn't mean that you don't take break. You you can finish your one hour work and the usually strategy, take a break, breathe and everything, but don't go to your emails and social media. The moment, the moment that you go to social media and emails, you might not come out.
0: (laughs) It's kind of a black hole in there, isn't
1: it? (laughs) And You always think about it. You always, if you say, if you're, if you just get your brain focused on that project or that meeting or whatever you need to accomplish that day and you don't let all those extra stuff that pull you they're they're drugs right for me they're drugs right like i social media and games and email they're drugs for me and the most successful days that i have is when i get rid of my beautiful girls i drive them to school my wife drives to school and then i literally run into the computer and I just do the project that I defined the day before, right. and oh my God, I'm having the best day, and, and I get things done like like three days.
0: You know, I want to talk about something that I've read you know I've had other guests here who have talked about remote work, and I've read books on remote work. I've studied it actually for the last probably at least 10 years, um, Wow, the, of remote work and you know, what, some things that you know professionals have, but I've never seen one person except you. Write about this. And it is health and the company culture. And it's the mental health piece. And I I am a psychological professional. And I thought to me, this was the absolute um, critical piece of your book because you address it in a couple different places, but you address it right up front here is that health and company culture. And, you know, Introverts love this (laughs) remote work because they don't have to interact with people. But for extroverts like you and I, we -hmm. can get incredibly it can feel incredibly lonely. But even extroverts after a while, the isolate this is what you say, isolation that comes with remote work can lead to depression and other mental issues. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about mental health and company culture and dealing with that in remote work.
1: So so a fascinating thing that has happened to me during this COVID era, which I I never... I never took the concept you brought, introverts and extroverts, and I never took that concept very seriously. I, it was always a little bit of a discussion. Ah, I'm an extrovert. I'm a blubbermouth, I get energy from people. The real <laughs> definition is whether you get energy from people, you get energy from home. So it's always a fun discussion. Yeah, I'm a supreme extrovert, and 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 my buddy here, Captain Nerdy here, is <laughs> is the ultimate introvert, right? I, I have my best friend is a super nerd. And, and, and he's very comfortable and proudly an introvert, right? So I'm not offended by saying that. And, and I thought it was a joke. And then during COVID time, I did a lot of research for the book and everything. And I, and I got a lot of answers that this is real science. And the, the, um, the, the, the funny thing is that as an extrovert, I have never experienced depression. I'm not. A, I'm a happy guy, really, generally happy. Until COVID came in my life, and when I experienced quarantined, I experienced depression for the first time. Not true. I experienced ultra during my gaming addiction issue, which I dis- discussed in the book. But I've experienced depression. I experienced a cloud on my head that tells me it's time to cry. Mm. Like I approached it in such a logical way. That I went to my wife it's like babe, I, 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 I think I'm depressed. It's like, what do you mean? You're not allowed to be depressed. You're like, you're like the guy. It's like, no, I, I am depressed. I'm like, I have a cloud and I'm sad and everything. And, and this is important. And this is important, whether for extroverts or introverts. you got, when they go home, this is a big challenge. This is a big emotional challenge. You got to pay attention to the mental health. This is the big difference. Moving from office to remote is not a big deal. If you have the right camera, the right headphones, the right technology, you can talk to anybody face-to-face and you're a little bit proactive about it. It's not a huge deal if you're a good manager. It is a huge deal on the mental health. This is a brand new experience for mental and you need to deal with it, mm-hmm. right? And this is, and that means, as I was giving before, Creating a much more intimate experience, talking talking a lot more, having a lot more conversation with people, becoming more friendly, and that's how you learn about what's wrong with them.
0: Well, you, you know what you said, and I'm going to quote you here. You say, the management of your employees' mental health is probably the biggest difference biggest. between the local environment and the remote one.
1: Yes, the biggest difference. Right? this is this is the this is the game changer the, this is what even the most excellent remote managers uh, excellent managers that are learning how to remote the big difference that they need to think about is the mental health. you're going to have people who can't figure out what to do in their home or they or, or they get super productive and they burn themselves out and they stop socializing and everything Oh, you got the people who just don't know how to do this and and i i say in the book that the worst thing that could happen the best thing is they can find a, a new opportunity the right. worst thing is is that you pay them a salary and they're sitting there and doing nothing until you figure out that it's like oh my god i have i have uh i have a person who can't active can't function anymore. right right yeah there's you need, yeah go yeah,
0: ahead you, no no well, you talk about there's two things where they stop really functioning appropriately with their mental health and you, you, you just brought this up. One is what happens is they get so absorbed into the job that they mm-hmm. can't turn it off. And so they end up with burnout, which is a problem mm-hmm. because, you know, they've got nothing else to do. So they just stay working all the time because they have nothing outside. And then the second piece is the people who, quite frankly, feel so alone in this that they aren't working at all, right? And this is why you say, and I thought this is so important for people to hear, and I want you to talk about that. You say this is why it is crucial that you place a much bigger emphasis on getting to know your people, and that mm-hmm. and that includes their hobbies, children, and personalities. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, look, I'm I'm not a prof- I, I I'm not a professional psychologist, right? I can so I don't have, although I, I think that I develop certain intuition and certain skills. Sure. By paying attention to people's mental health and seeing what's going on out there, but I'm not a professional psychologist. I'm an engineer, I'm I'm a techie, I'm a good salesperson. But what I've learned throughout the years is just have conversation with people all the time mm. and care and you will be able to see the problems. You You might not be able to be the person who solves it, but you'll be at least smart enough to say, dude, I'm buying you a therapist, mm. right? Buying, buying—that that that sounds awful. I'm (laughs) I'm sending you to a therapist on at the expense Uh, of the company. We get it, right? I am. Let me know how can I help. Let me know if I can. I'm bringing you back to the office. You clearly are no good at remote, and I still love you, and I think you're wonderful. Come back to the office, right? All this, but it start. But you don't need to be a therapist to know when there's a problem. You can just have a conversation.
0: Love it. Brother, you and I have been on for an hour.
1: Wow, that was too good.
0: <laughs> so, listen, so, so listen, the show's called A New Direction, and uh, we try to help people find a new direction into life, the career, business, all three. If you could quickly leave the listener with a new direction from Sharon Koifman, author of Surviving Remote Work, what would be a new direction that you would leave people?
1: On this, baby, on this remote thing. This is not a punishment. This is potentially your opportunity to be more productive, to be happier, to be more independent, to be more successful at your job, maybe to get a promotion. This is for the managers and the bosses. This is your opportunity to double the size of your company. It is huge. Own it. If you own it, this might be the best decision that was forced upon you.
0: Awesome. His name is Sharon koifman the book entitled surviving remote work i told you it was going to be great (laughs) and it was (laughs) folks listen stay inspired because when you're inspired that means you'll inspire other people and when they're inspired that means they'll inspire others and you know what that can make this world a great place i'm going to be back next week with another great guest another great book it's going to be another great show as i say to you every week ciao everybody bye When you lost your confidence and the answers don't make sense, got to keep your hope alive. You got to know you can survive. This is your.